Blog Talk Radio. Boy. Never in the same day. 
That's Absolutely. huge. I'm sorry, say it again. Oh, I was just um, telling my listeners just how huge that really is. You right. know, in my 10 years in the industry, I've never known anybody to uh, drop three books on the same exact day. To actually drop well, more is, than one book on the same day. Right. It is literary history. Uh, my publisher and I were doing some research just trying to see if I was the first person to do so. And from what we've discovered, it's never been done before. So we're really pushing for a lot of the networks that have, like, daytime talk shows to have me on because it's such a big deal uh, to have a black woman do this. You know, I, I mean, salute to the Stephen Kings and J.K. Rollins and all of that, but it's never been done before. So right. it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I'm excited for you. Thank you. So, um, and I love the... Um, the blurb that you got for the Clover Chronicles Battle in Breland. Um, and it's said, been described the, as Empire Meets Seven Heaven. Wow. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's um, um, I that's did that because. Right. Well, I write. I write screenplays and I write uh, TV pilots as well. So right. in the in the in the film world, the way that you would pitch your script is normally people would say, "Well, think of uh, the bodyguard meets Taken." You know, they try to give comparisons so that the executives right. can get an idea of what they're talking about. So the best way that I knew how to sell my book was to sell it as if I was selling a movie. And the first right. thing that I thought of was this is a perfect example of what happens when Empire meets Seventh Heaven. And people have oh, loved wow. it ever since I pitched it that way. So Well, I'm I mean, I'm loving it. I'm looking forward to reading it. Um the cover itself is adorable. Um can you tell us a little bit about it without giving it away? Sure. Um I hope you did get a chance to look over the excerpt. And the, right, the first line alone, you know, really grips you. So mm-hmm. Battling Breland is the first in the series, and it's about a teen girl named Breland who has uh, lupus, and she's 15. And oh, her wow. family, she comes from a she comes from a family of billionaires. So imagine being rich and not being able to do anything about this disease that a lot of people don't know a lot about. And I wanted to shed light on uh, lupus because a lot of people, not to say cancer doesn't hurt, cancer hurts all of us. My mother had some cancer. But there are so many other diseases out there that affect especially the black community that are hidden. And so uh, Breland ends up falling in love with a paralytic athlete. And it's, it's very interesting, the dynamic, because here she is complaining about feeling pain, and he can't feel anything. So I did that on purpose to give the book some balance, and it's a really great journey. It's not a sappy romance, you know, not that I have anything against that, but growing right. up in North Philly, I didn't see that. So it's more of a romantic suspense, and because this is the first book in a series, it's best described as a family saga. So. 
you know, a friend of mine and I were talking about that earlier today, you know, how there aren't enough romances that are, or even novels that are really relatable to real people, um, that some people have forgotten the craft of having your book be relatable enough to where the person reading it can picture themselves in the character's shoes. And you really have hit home with that. I can tell it's going to be a hit run. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate that. It took three years for me to get this book out because I came up with the idea when I was living in Korea in 2013, and that that whole time I was writing. It wasn't like I had writer's block. It's just this particular series. It just wouldn't come out, and now I know why there was a delay. You know, God set it up so that I would write it when I got the publishing deal that would give it the most exposure. So that, yeah, that's as soon as I got the email and the phone call, well, I called him, but as soon as I got the email and I called the publisher and he said he, you know, was ready to publish two of my unpublished books, I didn't have anything unpublished. I had just put out five books in seven months. It was no way I had anything left. And then oh, wow. as soon as, you know, we hung up, I got to work and uh, it took me about four weeks and I had 70,000 words. I was not playing. I was not going to lose this opportunity. <laughs> I know that's right. Go, girl. And not only do you have uh, battling, breathing, but you have a book with um, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta and Marriage Boot Camp star Nico London dropping, uh, as well as a Another co-written joint with um, the mom of my baby in my head. Yes, yes. <laughs> everybody <laughs> loves you. Don't know. Love everybody who doesn't know, I don't know how you would know, but for the few who may not know, Yes plays Hakeem on Empire and played Mike Bivens in um, the New Edition New story, which I've yeah. watched the whole series like three or four times now. <laughs> <laughs> he did a good job. Those guys did a good job with the new edition yes, story. Yes, he did. They did, but he, he did they a great, great job. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He did a good job. You forgot they were actors. You thought you were looking at the actual group. Um, that was the best um, made for TV Biopic. movie I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Yeah. Ever. Um, but wow, it's like I'm just in awe of you. And not only or as you said, not only are you you a writer with all of these books dropping and dropping in one day, but you do film and T V and so my goodness, what is next for Maya K? Uh having you know what, I just wanna Enjoy the moment of creating history and literature, having three books come out on the same day. I just want to enjoy it. I want to savor the moment because some people, they're always rushing to the next thing. Like, okay, what's the next moment of success? 
for me, I know what's next this year is I always make I have three goals at the top of the year. I always say mm-hmm. we should have, you know, just have three because when you have a bunch, you kind of overwhelm yourself. So I always right. have three goals. And my other goal is to, uh, of course, put out the second book in the series, uh, which will be in October. I already have a date for that. Uh, I really appreciate my publisher, the TMG firm in, in Midtown Manhattan, and shout out to SD Green because he really, really works hard to make sure that when we're ready and we have a series, he's like, hey, when, when is the next date? You know, here, here's the next date. Here's when I right. need the book. So I'm not, I'm writing the second book in the series. It's called Chasing Cashmere right now. Um, and I may have a couple of other co-written projects that I can't speak on. Um, and for now, it's all about the, the work. It's just about the work. I'm always writing. And that's why when people say, what piece of advice would you give to authors or writers who want to be where you are? I'm 11 books in. But I didn't get 11 books in sitting around saying I'm a writer. I was writing every single day, and that's really right. what matters. So that's the next thing for me, just focusing on the um, the second book and, of course, taking the time from now until, you know, usually books peak three to four months after they come out. So for me, it's really taken this year to go hard with these three books that are out. Absolutely. Absolutely, and congratulations again. Um, Thank you. I see that you even have Terry J. Vaughn from the Steve Harvey Show and Meet the Browns and Soul Food, who has read your book as well, and I think that's just awesome. Um, Wow. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe it's time for me and Maya Kay to connect and co-write a book. (laughs) You know, everybody says that When they see that I've done it They say, well, I need to write a book And maybe I should, you know, ask you to do it And I'll be honest, I love writing And I love collaborations But I'm very picky about my collaborations And it's not about it being a celebrity It doesn't have to be someone well-known But it, it takes a lot out of me Because the same way I dedicate to my books I dedicate the same amount of attention to someone else Sometimes that means my work doesn't get, you know, the attention it needs. pushed to the back burner. I totally and understand the- um, because I am, you know, not only my writer myself, but I'm also an editor and a graphic designer. And I also, you know, help other people self-publish their projects. And okay. a lot of times my stuff is sitting to the back, like, by the time I've done what got to do and put my all into this, I'm tired, you know, um, I won't lie, a lot of people think that it's easy to just sit and do something, but I'm like, that's not all I do, you know, I put my time, my energy, and myself into each project as if it was my own, um, just like you said, so um, I was just glad that you made that point. It's been a while since I've done a collaboration, and those are always fun to me because you get to see the same point of view from a different perspective, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. So um, I see you also offer writing services 
for others, and I know you touched a little bit on that, but would you like to tell the listeners um, exactly what all you do for other authors as well? Sure. So I know that it's challenging being a self-published author because three of the 11 books that I have uh, are self-published. I I get it. So many people are very scared to self-publish. What has transpired over the last, what, five to ten years on Amazon is ridiculous. You know, anybody right. can now publish a book. Can throw something up and say they're author, exactly. Right. I don't know if you remember, but this was back in 2010. Amazon was, I don't know whether people were ready to just completely you know, Sue, I don't know what was about to happen, but there was a pedophile who had released a book and put it on Amazon. And the book was talking about how they have natural desires that it's nothing wrong with what they do. So there was this whole big, I mean, it was ridiculous. It was on the news. And people were just like, how can you let him do this? And Amazon was like, he has the right to free speech. Now, obviously, we don't agree, right? But right. this is just an example of how easy it is to hit publish and put up a book. Now, they ended up taking it down because Amazon, no, they ain't trying to lose their they people, you know. Right. Because here's my thing. Yes, he has free speech, but there's a difference between doing something illegal. What he's promoting is illegal. He was, You right. know what I mean? Like, it, it was just wrong. So I just use that as an example to say I think the landscape of publishing has changed so much and made it so scary that I decided that I wanted to offer the same services that I had to do for myself. And a lot of what I learned was through trial and error. I didn't have someone there holding my hand in the very right. beginning. Now, I did. I had celebrity backing. You know, I had Terry J. Bowen. I had Rodney Perry, and that was great. But they're not published authors, so they may have supported me and given me my reviews, but I had to learn as I went along. And so I wanted to offer editing. I wanted to offer author branding. You know, my biggest pet peeve is authors having a camera shot for their headshot. I don't understand how you, how you think taking a picture of yourself with your camera phone is appropriate for your headshot Thank when you. you're sending it out. Thank you. So, yes, yeah, so I don't just, absolutely. So I don't just help you when I offer writing services with the craft. I want you to brand yourself well. So I offer right. uh, entrepreneur, I offer entrepreneur, I have an entrepreneur package, for example, for entrepreneurs. I believe every business owner should have a book. It's, if your business card sells your services, I believe your book closes the deal. Um, I think that every, even if it's just a 40, 50 page little ebook telling people how you're different and how, whatever it is, whether you're a hairstylist. So I have different packages I do offer. Uh, if you, people can go to writermaya.com and they'll see writing services and it'll take them to my business website, Master Ink Publications. But a lot of it is editing. Um, and I'm that middle person. So if you don't know who to go to for the cover design, you don't know who to go to for any of the, the process, I help you through it. I also help you build your imprint. You know, it's a business. And that's my biggest pet peeve. You have to know that writing is a business. So, yeah, that's I teach all of it. Absolutely. Um, and I want to connect with you off the air about um, maybe connecting some services as well. Um okay. that is just that is just awesome. I'm just sitting here grinning like, yes, somebody gets it. Somebody gets it. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like finally, I thought I was just preaching to the choir for I don't know how long. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no. No, you know, I interviewed Tashina Arnold a few years ago at Fashion Week okay. here in Philly. And one of the things she said, and it, it really made me look at it, even though I always looked at writing as a business, one of the things mm-hmm. she said was, Show business has taken very good care of me, so I have to take care of it. And that's how I look at writing. Writing has mm. been good to me, so I have to be good to it. I can't half, you know, excuse me, I know my mom is listening, but I can't half-ass anything, you know. Right. I just can't do it. I have to give it my all because it's been good to me all my life, so. Absolutely, and shout-out to mom. Um <laughs> hey, mom. I think my mom Good is you. trying to log on to listen. <laughs> oh. But I'll okay. send her the replay if she missed it. But um, I I see your nonfiction book, um, and I'm in the middle of working on my second nonfiction book myself. But yours is called "Don't Time Your Masterpiece, Take Time to Write It from the yes. Inside Out." And I I love the title and what it means. Um, in itself, and I'm about to one click that in a little while, but um, <laughs> okay, this is just <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh wow, and um, I admit I didn't get to go through your website the way I wanted to before the interview, but I'm sitting here okay. scrolling through now, jaded hearts. Oh goodness, um, that looks just just the title is just delicious. Like, yeah, Jaded right. Hearts. You, you know, know, you know, it's gonna be a little shade, a little drama, a little this, a little that. Yeah, um, the yeah, the inspiration behind Jaded Hearts. Uh, I wanted to do a serial novel, and a serial novel is basically when you, for the listeners who don't know, is when you mm-hmm. put out a chapter a week. The only right. reason why I stopped it, the only reason why I stopped is because I got my publishing deal and I could no longer publish my own work. So it's not that I started it and didn't want to finish it. It's not like that at all. Um, it actually was doing pretty good. I was in the top, I want to say it was in the top 20. Uh, I've had two number one bestsellers on Amazon, but it was actually in the top 20. People were loving it in the young adult category. So uh, I I wanted to – when I don't know if anybody watches Shades of Blue, but let me tell you something. Shades mm-hmm. of Blue with J-Lo and Ray Liotta is coming back in March. That show really, really puts a spotlight on the way it is in the system. You know, the, the cops, it's, it's, it's crazy. So what happened right. was I was like, wow, you know, it's a lot of black women and black people who go through this every day. And I wanted to write a story about a woman who was leaving the force and a young woman who was leaving the force. It's actually a new adult and a journey to following her passion of being an interior designer. But because she left the force with a secret and she knows what really happened to her partner, she's always going to be on the run and she falls in love with an entrepreneur. So it's, it's always going to have a romantic element in my stories, but it's always going to have a little bit of street and a little bit of grit because I am from Philadelphia. So. Excuse me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. Wow. And I do think my mom actually does like um, 
shades of blue. So, oh, that show is amazing. Yeah, I feel like okay, I've got to go back and um, watch it. Follow up. Yeah, yeah. And she likes shades of blue. Then you should definitely get her. I think I did. Yeah, I did three chapters. I did the first three parts of. And what I'm going to do is eventually I'm going to take those down and I'm going to just write the whole book and publish the whole book. So well, let me know when you do, Let me know when you do put out the whole book. Um, I'll I will. Get, her, get her a copy. Um, even though I've gotten her the Kindle um, set up and the Kindle app and everything, she's still all about paperback. So. Okay. Uh, so am I. <laughs> paperback has been good to me though You know paperback has been good to Those of us who have been around For a while No matter how many ebooks come out Paperback is still the business But um, I'm scrolling I see you have a Christian romance out um... Yeah there's two Okay no, yeah, there's three that's Christian romance, and both of those were the ones that were. Yeah, I had to think I love about it. it. When both you of those. So many books that you have to. Why you be like? How many did I really do now? Yeah. <laughs> when you've written so many books, and you be like, no wait, and those were the two that two of them were number one on Amazon, and Fumble okay. Your Heart. That that's the one I I absolutely adore that book. That was the last, actually, last book that I wrote uh, before I got my deal in my New York publishing deal. So yeah, that that book I absolutely okay. adore that book. I will have to, um, is it still up? Yeah, all my books are still up. Nothing's coming okay. down. Jada Hearts is only coming down if if and when I decide to do the whole book, and it probably won't be till 2018 sometime, so yeah. Oh, okay. Um, awesome. You all definitely go to um and check out her books, her services. Um, just her as a person. Oh, wow. Uh, so tell us, Maya, what do you like to do in your spare time? I can't imagine that you have much, Mama, but what do you like to do in your spare time? To be honest, when people say that, like, you must be – Rodney Perry said that. I was in an uh, interview by Rodney Perry a few weeks ago on Ball Talk. Mm-hmm. And he said the same thing. He was like, I know you don't sleep. You don't have any time. I honestly still get eight hours of sleep every night. I believe in balance. I don't mm-hmm. overwork myself. You know, I feel like it's better to be fruitful than to be busy. So one of the things I love to do in my spare time, obviously, is read. <laughs> because I'm a writer, I love to read. But to, right. be honest, but to be honest, I love anything that has to do with helping someone. And oh. that could be five minutes. Like, I'll, I'm in Chick-fil-A line. Not that I should be in Chick-fil-A because I go to the gym so much. But I'm in Chick-fil-A line, and I will pay for the person behind me. So anything I can do, and that sounds like crazy. Well, you do that in your spare time. Well, actually, I do because, you know, I deliver for Amazon, you know, throughout the week so for a few hours. So I'm out the house a lot, and sometimes I have to eat on the run because I'm doing my shift. So anything that really can bless someone, put a smile on their face, that's me. Uh, I love to spend time with my family. We're having a cousin's night. We uh, we just buried my little cousin last Wednesday, so it's been really hard. Oh, so we're having so a cousin's night. Thank you. No, it's okay. Uh, we're having a cousin's night this Saturday. Uh, so I like to do okay. stuff like that. Anything like event-based, 
Um, I hosted Teen Fashion Week here in Philly. Anything involving teens, especially because I write young adult fiction, I love it. So I saw the opportunity. I wasn't worried about getting paid. I said, hey, I want to be a part of this. And then it ended up opening the door for me to do it in New York. So I'll be in New York for four days in April hosting the New York Teen Fashion Week. So I love giving back. That's me. I love just blessing people, teens. Um, And I'm a big, like, wannabe, like, artist. Like, and I say that because I love art, anything artsy. So, no, I don't paint or anything, but anything art-based, I'm doing it. I I, I songwrite sometimes. Um, A lot of times when I'm writing screenplays, like, anything involving art is is me all day. And, of course, I'm a movie buff, of course, right, in movies. I'm a movie buff. Right. You sound a lot like me. You sound a lot like me. Yeah. Um, oh, my philosophy has always been, you know, we're blessed to be a blessing. You know, it may not mm-hmm. be much. Um, sometimes I may just, you know, try to do something small to pay it forward because so many people have been blessings to me. Um, when I can, I love to be a blessing to others as well. Um, you know, and I love to read. I love to. I love movies. I love art. I wish I was better at painting and um, mm-hmm. drawing and whatnot. But I always say that I want to um, do a, a paint and sip event that's not as expensive as the um, ones that they have tickets for downtown. But, hey. You know. oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I don't know about other locations, but here they charge $35 a person to get in. Yeah, it's that, it's that, it's that much. You talk about the sipping paint? Yes. Yeah, that we are all over. It's about that price, 35 to 40 depending on the city. And one night it was $50. I said, ooh, wee. But, um, you know, that's just a little bit of what I mean. But, uh, so is Speechless a mystery? Um, short, Maya? No, Speechless was four short stories. Three of them I have written for a class in grad school, and I just decided to put them together. I wanted to test self-publishing before I actually did a whole book, and that was the first book I self-published. So it was actually a book of short stories, and the whole concept is that each one leaves you speechless at the end. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Y'all, she has a long list of books, and I know that she's not stopping now. Uh, I'm just digging the heck out of How can I put it? Like my platonic girl crush right now. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Platonic girl crush. I've never heard that, but okay, I'll I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, while you're scrolling, I definitely want to just give a little bit of background on the other two books that are coming out, uh, Steel and Before Empire. So Steel, you know, writing a book with, with a reality star, especially a love and hip-hop star, is crazy fun. Uh, Nico lives in L.A., and I'm here in Philly, so it was already – you know, some hiccups trying to get on the phone sometimes because I'm like, yeah, right. and he's like, he's like, you know, that's seven o'clock my time. But 
what I love is, you know, what we ended up coming up with. And I just had to thank Nico for trusting me. And I give him, you know, major props and salute to him because so many people just discredited him thinking he was like this money-grubbing man that was after Mimi's pockets. When in reality, this man has worked with Timberland, Teddy Teddy Riley. He connected me with Teddy Riley for the Uh interview for my magazine that I'm launching. But Teddy Riley wrote the foreword. Teddy Riley spoke very highly of him. He's had four record deals, Sony, you know. He has a lot going for himself, a lot more than people think. He has an amazing song on YouTube, if you Googled it right now on YouTube, called Like a Child with Rick Ross, okay? So, Nico's okay. not like this chump guy and that just went on his show. That's not true at all. So. I, I, I get that, and I'm actually, you know, I figure he had to be more than what he was made out to be for you to work with him um, <laughs> in the first place, because I just can't picture you just working with just anybody. And I was like, okay, so it's got to be more behind the man that they had getting it in on the shower curtain ride with Mimi. You know? Right. Um, and so I'm anxious to read because I'm nosy. And I didn't know that his real name wasn't Nico either until I no. uh, came across you. So shout out to Londell Smith. Yeah, okay, Nico Londo. And uh, I think it's just really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, he clears everything up. He clears the sex tape up with me. He clears all of it up, all the rumors. You know, when people want to know, is reality scripted or is it not, you got to read the book. It clears it all up. And I just really appreciate him. And you get to, you get a piece of his childhood. You know, he's from Brooklyn. You know, he, he didn't, okay. he was, like I said, he wasn't just like some scrub, you know. So it that that was a lot of fun to write. For it to be a first collaboration, it was fun. <laughs> that was your first collab. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Nico that's was really my first cool. collaboration. Yeah, before Empire was second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, TMG firm? Sure. The CMG Farm is uh, it's in Midtown Manhattan, and it's basically it's a consulting firm. They work with a lot of uh, they have high profile clients, and they decided they wanted to launch a publishing division, and it was spearheaded by SD Green, who is my publisher. And okay. of course, that was where it was kind of like okay, like because so many people. When they think of New York publishing houses, they think of all the majors, so Harper's College, mm-hmm. and Random House, and all of that. But right. what they don't realize is that one one thing I'm thankful for with the TMG firm is because of their the business that they've done over the years with the other stuff that they work on, and because mm-hmm. of their relationships, they were able to, you know, launch this publishing division. And they have one of we have one of the best publishing deals that has ever been created in history. And we're backed by Ingram, and Ingram is the largest distributor in the the world, book distributor. So that says a a lot in and of itself. So if I could do it all over again, and let's say right now I had five publishing houses bidding for me, I would choose the TMG firm. Even with it being like Simon & Schuster, I would choose the TMG firm every time. That's awesome. Wow. Um, You know, again, before coming across you, 
and I'm really grateful that we have, you know, connected and um, whatnot, that you were sent my way. I hadn't heard of the TMG firm. I feel like, and I feel like as much as I know about the business, I feel like I could still learn from you, and that's what it's all about, you know, just because we know something or we know a great deal doesn't mean we know everything in this. Everybody can learn from somebody, and I'm really excited. Um, just, you know, just a little tidbit of knowledge you've given us here tonight. And also, um, you know, I'd like to believe I could come back to, you know, possibly learn more, you know, after the show tonight. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So tell us about the book that you co-wrote with Miss Andrea Mayberry, the mother of oh, my future husband <laughs> and my head. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've had a few people say, can you introduce me to Yaz? And I'm like, I haven't even met Yaz. I wrote a book with my mother. I have not met him yet. But, yes, so before Empire, and thank you so much, Ms. Barry, um, and, and, yes, her last name is Mayberry, but she was blessed with the name Ms. Barry uh, from her son. That's what he called her when okay. she managed his career. So it's kind of like, you know, that's what she goes by. But before Empire talks about, it tells the journey of what she went through as a single mother raising a child with ADHD. And a lot of people may not even know that Yaz has ADHD, but he speaks very – he's been open about it. He has a Fox interview of – Fox here in Philadelphia, Fox 29. He did an mm-hmm. interview – it was a, a lengthy interview. Uh, and so it, it was challenging for her uh, behind closed doors dealing with his uh, disorder and having raising her daughter as well. So uh, she really just goes in deep, and she opens up about some of her darkest nights and – she opens up about some of the abuse she dealt with from his father when she was pregnant. She opens up about, you know, having learning to have to be alone and love herself. And she also opens up a lot about being his manager. And a big bulk of the book, she wants to teach other mothers or, or fathers how to be their child's uh, manager, how to, you know, work with someone if you don't want to be their manager in the business. So it's a great self-help book. For mothers who, whether your child has a disorder or not, it's a great self-help book that will encourage you to find the star in your child if that's what they want to do. And I think the key thing that she really focuses on is her faith in God and how God allowed her to overcome a lot of what she went through. So for the single mothers out there, you know, you may feel like your son's or your daughter's father isn't there if you're a single parent, but God is always there. So that's really her message throughout the entire book. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and, and you have to trust someone that you don't know, because I didn't know her before that, and I didn't know Nico. Right. So they both had to trust me enough to tell the deepest secrets. And I really do appreciate, um, I think Nico's was a little more light, because, you know, it was it was talking about sex, entertainment, and lives, but her, she had to really dig deep. So there were times that we had to stop. You know, there was a lot of emotions that came up because she had to dig deep. She had to really backtrack to, you know, days that were kind and of it's dark like for her. So. moments, absolutely. It's, I, it's I, just I like totally living it. Yep. So, so totally that's what that's it. about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that is, I think that's a great read for any parent, again, who wants their child in the business 
or if you have a child that has a disorder and you're just trying to, I mean, she te- she taught me a lot uh, just speaking about some of the programs that are available to children with uh, those kind of, you know, like ADHD or, yes, she really, I didn't even know, right? <laughs> you know, that that was even, that there were so many programs that were available to them as far as schooling and how, you know, the school can't just kick your child out of class. So there's a lot that she teaches, and I, I would recommend that book. Even if your child doesn't have a disorder, I would recommend that book for you because I think it will inspire any single parent to really right. root for and fight for their, their child. It's no doubt in my mind. And absolutely. And what I got just from um, what you described about the book, even if you're not a parent, you know, as a woman who – you know, personally is in transition or just singles in general, if you're loving someone who may not necessarily return that love back to you, you have to learn how to love yourself. And if she talks about that, that that nugget alone is so powerful. Learning to love yourself and care for self and um, value your self-worth is such a big deal. And Absolutely. More people and, face that than you think. And that is a big deal. And that, I'm glad you pointed that out. Thank you. That is something else that she really talks about. So the book is multifaceted. And congratulations, I guess, to both of us. It was It's it's number one on Amazon, the new release department. Uh, we found that out Monday. So the pre-orders. Yeah. Thank you. That's- the pre-orders. And made it number one. Pre-orders matter, people. I know you pay. I know you have to pay first, and you don't get your book until April fourth. But pre-orders for an author it matters because we can still make the New York Times bestsellers list off of pre-orders, and a lot of people don't know that. Absolutely, and um, I'm gonna go ahead and put the truth out there for people. When you click pre-order, they don't actually take your money until midnight right. that morning of when the book actually drops. So you can pre-order something and support even if you don't have the coin right at that moment. Just make sure you have it when it actually drops because they will take it automatically. (laughs) Thank you so much for saying that. You know what? And and it didn't even dawn on me to tell people that. So from now on when I put the pre-order link up, I'll say that, you know, you won't be charged until the day of. That's a great point. I don't know whether people don't pre-order because of that or some people just like the book. Some people are going to come buy it. They just don't want it, you know, until the day they can get it. Right. Yeah. Well, I know personally I used to didn't pre-order because I thought it was going to take my money right then and there. So uh, once I learned (laughs) once I learned different, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to pre-order this, and I'll pre-order that. <laughs> I'm right. Yeah. about one click, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that one click will get you in trouble. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, man. I see my two, um, my TBR to be red list has just gotten 11 books longer and counting. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the support. Please leave reviews once you do read all the books. (laughs) Absolutely. I actually do review, and um, I'm currently still working on the website for this show. But uh, once the website is up, 
um, not only will the links to the interviews go up, but as I've read the books of the authors I interview, the reviews will go up as well. So, okay. Thank um, you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited. That's a um, that's a new facet um, to this project that I've been doing with uh, Tia Shore, aka DC Book Diva of hosting this radio show. Shout out to Tia. Um, is that we'll be adding a not only a website, um, there will be other promotional services that actually will connect directly with Loveline Radio um, through the Urban Literary Network. So I'm very, very excited about that. Okay, cool. It's just been. I want to know about safe. The Tell me play. about safe. Yes, the screen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually just entered that screen that screenplay into Sundance. So I prayerfully, uh, Sundance has a episodic lab competition. So you send the first mm-hmm. five pages. And after the first five pages, it's for it's for TV pilots. And after the first five pages, if you make it to the second round, they ask for the whole thing. And then they pick, I think it's like 10. And you spend a whole week with them in October in front of every, you know, the showrunner, the big people, the Shonda Rhimes right. of the world. Um, so Safe is best described as a modern-day bodyguard. I wanted to write okay. a story. Spending a year in Korea really obviously expanded my knowledge and, you know, my creativity. So I wanted to write a story. We don't see a lot of fathers on television, especially black fathers. We right. grew up, you know, I don't know how old you are, but we grew up with Family Matters and, you know, Boy Meets World yeah. and Hanging with Mr. Cooper and, you know, Fresh Prince of We grew up with age, some, Maya. Yeah, I'm, I'm 32. Okay, same age. So we grew up with some great family shows, and I'm really starting – to despise what we see on television. Our kids have nothing. You know, back in the day, you used to have something for everybody, and I don't feel like we have it. So I wanted to write a story about a teen girl. I mean, she's 19, but that's still teenage. And her father is her bodyguard because all of our black men aren't in jail selling drugs and, you know, Debbie. So I wanted to show a black man in a positive light on TV. We see it in movies, but we don't always see it on TV week after week after week. But it's a lot of white family shows out there like that, you know? So because of that, I wanted to create a show. So Safe is basically about Micha, uh, Renee, and her last name is Safe. And the whole concept mm-hmm. is that her father would do anything, being as though he's a former FBI agent. Uh, his name is Matthias, and now he's her full-time bodyguard. He will do anything to keep her safe, both personally and professionally. And she basically has a stalker. And I know some people are like, well, what happens when a stalker is caught? Wouldn't the show be over? Well, that's not actually true because there's several dynamics to the show. She just received a heart transplant when the show starts. And oh, wow. her her grandparents, who are Korean, they're, they basically have nothing to do with her. So there's so many different dynamics in the show because her grandparents start coming back around. Um, her mother died giving birth to her. So you'll, you'll see a, a great relationship between a father and a daughter as he basically, you know, protects her career. Um, there's other angles. Her cousin is her manager, and 
her cousin struggles. She's her cousin on her mother's side, so she's Korean, and her husband wants her to have another baby, but she wants to focus on entertainment. And you know Koreans technically aren't in entertainment a lot. They're not really in right. entertainment a lot. So there's so many different dynamics of the show. You have the racial di- dynamic uh, because her, her grandparents wanted nothing to do with her because her father was black. You have the dynamic of a Korean girl trying to figure out her identity. And then her being biracial. The stalker, honestly, is a small piece of it, really. So, yeah, it's a pretty deep, deep show. <laughs> I'll see you in, ooh, L-U-V, Love Positive. Ooh. I can only imagine what it would be like for, um, and without giving it away, without before you can say something, I can only imagine what it would be like for someone who was born HIV positive to try to find love. Um, I don't know if you remember the young woman. Um, I think she's about our age or maybe a little older. Hadia. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. Hadia. I love her. Hadia, I love her. Um, I often wonder, you know, what it's like for her or what has it been like for her, you know, just because I remember seeing her on TV even as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, well, what is life for Hadia like now, you know, so. Right. Oh. right. Uh, there was a book, well, my script, L-U-V Positive, you know, mm-hmm. he finds love. It's, it's in the beginning. It's not like it's a secret. I could tell that part. He does find love. But okay. there was there was a book called, I want to say it was Butterscotch Blues. Yes. That book, yes. Did you read that? I that book love that. I have my that book. Life. It is amazing. So anybody listening in, when you want to know whether someone who was born HIV positive, because not everybody that has HIV came from them being reckless. Some people's right. parents were irresponsible, you know, and that's the character of my story. But Butterscotch Blues, of course, was a little different. He did, I think it was sex. It was, it was something. Somebody yeah, but it and was I think his he was wife Right, it was. His, his, but see, that's it. And shout out, shout out to um, Margaret Johnson Hodge. Oh my God, yes, I love Butterscotch. Yes, yes. And you're right. His ex-wife was cheating, and he got it. But he ended up finding love. It was a great story, and it really makes you not want to. You can't be judgmental. So my character, right. you know, my character Kenny. My whole purpose of writing it was just to say, like, in a world that we live in, where so many people feel like things are impossible. God can do the impossible. So is it possible for a HIV positive person to find love and that person wants to be with them? Absolutely. It's definitely possible. And I heard an interview. I mean, this is fiction we're talking about, but I heard an interview years ago with two people who were HIV positive that made their way to each other. Now, I know it's a little different if one person is positive and one person isn't, but I still think it's challenging to find love, even if both of you, you know what I mean? Like, you, you right. still have to wonder. You still have to wonder, like, well, what if we, what if I get pregnant and what, what, what is this going to do? So I, I had to research. I learned a lot. I learned that the man is HIV positive and the woman isn't. They can separate his semen. So it, it really taught me. I oh, love wow. writing stretch. Yes, yes, because that was one of the things that came up in the screenplay, you know, can I have a child with you? And so that's the truth. I had to research that. That's not fiction. They separate the woman. If the woman has HIV, it's harder. 
but if it's the man, they can separate the man's semen and only, you know, she can, I guess, only get pregnant with that semen. I, they probably would do some kind of like, not like not in vitro, but, you know, where they put the semen in her and he wouldn't, you know, ejaculate. Well, basically, her, but... it would be in vitro, but it would be there, you know, it would be both of them. It wouldn't be like a surrogate. Right, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I love when my writing stretches my thinking and causes me to have to go research because in every fiction story, there's some truth. There is a lot of truth, actually. Fiction, um, for the most part, I believe fiction that fiction is the reflection of true life. Um, Absolutely. And I can't believe our hour is basically gone. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. I didn't even play the. Uh, I didn't even do the commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Oh wow! But um, yeah, and I know that's um a screenplay, but Maya, I want to see that as a book, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be be interesting. Actually, I thought about it. I thought about it being a a young adult book because they're in college, so it could Uh still be for the teens. And I think it also, you know, would speak to, because I'm a a celibate woman, it would speak to, you know, purity and and how, um, you know, even though he didn't get HIV through that method, it's still it speaks to what real love really is. Because when you when you read the screenplay, I'm actually surprised. I've entered several contests with the screenplay and didn't win. But I, when you read the screenplay, it's no way you can't fall in love. It's like, wow. Like, if she can find love and he can find love, then I know I can, you know, wait on God Absolutely. for my mate or whatever. Absolutely. And um, touching back right quick on Butterscotch Blues, um, Brittany, and I can't remember – and it was the main character's best friend. Her name was Brittany. She was a thick woman like me, you know, short and round and cute. <laughs> and um, they had gone out to the club, and she met someone before the other ladies, before Sandy and the rest of the friends did that night. And I can't remember what his name was, but I loved how even though they were their plot was a subplot. I loved how Margaret brought out their romance and they fell in love and got married and had a baby all within such a short span of that whole novel. But um, I adored it. And that, that's when I was like, yeah, I want to start writing more romances and whatever right. for real people. Um, right. Well, my goodness, Miss Maya, I have enjoyed talking to you tonight. Thank Uh, you. For the few who don't know, I don't know how they wouldn't know by now, but tell everybody how they can reach you. Uh, So I can be found on the web at writermaya.com, W-R-I-T-E-R-M-Y-A, all social media at writermaya, and make sure you click the link in my every bio, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all my bios have the pre-order link for the three books coming out on April 4th, but writermaya.com. That's me. 
absolutely, absolutely. Y'all be sure and tune in um, and click in with Writer Maya. Pre-order those books. I'm on my way to pre-order my copies now. Thank um, you. I know I have a few friends who will be one click in between now and April 4th as well. Um, so I can't wait to chat it up with them about these hot books coming out. And thank you so much for hanging in with us, Maya. Um, here thank on the you love for having tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm going to play this ad right quick, and uh, we'll be right back. Do you need hot new graphics? Do you need your book edited, proofread, typeset, or formatted? Then contact me, Allison MDs, CEO of Allison Edits, and that's Allison, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N, Edits, E-D-I-T-S, Dot com. Do you want to look beautiful, feel beautiful, and have fun all while putting some money in your pocket? Then join me, Allison Dees, at Avon by Alley. And check me out, youravon.com slash Allison, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N-M-Dees. D as in David, E-E-S-E. All right, all right. Well, it seems that um, our Maya's call has dropped again, but we certainly have enjoyed having her here with us on the Love Line. Um, check me out, AllisonMDs.com, um, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N-M as in many. Diz and David, E-E-S-E dot com. Coming soon, Love Line Radio with Allison dot Weebly dot com. Um, also, stay tuned if you need um, commercials or anything. Reach out, be sure, and click in and follow us on Urban Literary Review at Urban U-R-B-A-N. Um, lit L I T review R E V I E W dot com. Check us out Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, all social media. And thanks again for tuning in with us, Maya. And thank you for everyone for tuning in, listening in on the Love Line. We have learned so much, had such a great time. Thank you, Night. <laughs> 